Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Surviving Motherhood with Chris and Rachel. We're talking about all things parenting. The mishaps, the struggles, and maybe even some motivation. Grab your coffee. Or wine. And join us for some real talk. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Surviving Motherhood Podcast. We're so excited to have you listening today. I'm here with Chris. How you doing, girl? I'm good. How are you? Good. Tonight was one of those nights where my husband had to work late, and so I feel like I'm I'm barely surviving tonight. Mm, so. Well, Zach had to go into work as we were starting this. So if, mm. you know, if I disappear or something, then I'm on mom duty. So yeah, that's surviving. 24-7. <laughs> oh, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have Tara here and she is a pediatrician. So we're going to get all the dirt on dirt <laughs> on <laughs> trying to keep our kids healthy and all that goes along with that. How are you, Tara? I'm awesome. Thank you guys for having me. And Tara's one of the fun real life guests. Our Tara's son and my daughter go to kindergarten at the same school and they were in pre-K last year. And then Chris's son, oldest son, plays baseball with her son. So it's a little small yes. world. And, and right. my other son goes to school with her son and daughter. Goodness gracious. We are surviving together for sure. Yes. It is true. (laughs) Yes. So we had a lot of questions. You know, you everybody has like a nurse or a doctor friend that they text or call and say, hey, listen, (laughs) I've got some questions. So we decided to have our own doctor friend. Come on. We're going to ask her those questions that you're like, okay, really? So, and we'll also... Um, on after the episode airs, we'll have it where you guys can like ask questions on the Instagram stories and all that fun stuff in case um, you have some burning questions for a few Yes, all the because, questions. Because I feel like at the pediatrician's office, I'm always, my kid's always whiny. I'm always mm-hmm. in a hurry and I'm like, okay, I need to get in and get out of here. And I don't even remember anything. Like, <laughs> right. Any it's true. What your pediatrician does not mind about the whiny, you know, kids running around. It's totally oh, normal. Good. Okay. Parents always worry about that. And you're like, I'm like, it's really fine. Like, this is not bothering me at all. Just ask the questions. The kid can run around. Yeah. We'll be fine. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll survive this. Yeah. Exactly. We'll survive this. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your family and how many kiddos you have, Tara. Yes. So I have three kiddos, um, Jude, who is six and just started kindergarten this year. Um, Jane, who is three and a half. And then Amos, who is um, 15 months. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe 15 months. Already 15 months. I know it is fleeting. It's so time going so quickly with him. I feel like it gets faster with each child, I think. Oh, yeah, I definitely. I definitely agree with that. So um, tell us a little bit about how you decided to become a pediatrician. 
Yeah. So I'm kind of one of those, um, classic, like I always wanted to be a doctor stories. Um, it just, I don't know. I, I can't remember a time when I ever really didn't want to do it. Um, which is kind of, you know, I don't have any doctors in my family. Um, I'm actually the first person, um, kind of in my immediate family to graduate from college, but I was just always really driven and determined to do it. Um, to go to med school, really. Um, and then in med school is kind of where you decide what kind of doctor you want to be. Um, and I kind of resisted the idea of pediatrician for a little bit because I felt like that it was too obvious. Like everyone that <laughs> knew me thought, oh, you're totally going to be a pediatrician. I'm like, I don't know. I might do something like... You don't know me. You don't know me. Yeah. I mean, I, what if I, I want to be a neurosurgeon? You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I really did. I love it. Um, I fell in love with it in med school. Um, and so it was the obvious choice for me. Um, and I love what I do. Well, that's always good. I like that. Yeah. I like the doctor story where you say you wanted to be a doctor forever. That feels comforting to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I like that. Not yeah, like the not like was, decided yeah. on a whim. I think yeah, I just doctor. thought maybe. I'm like, yeah. I like the lifelong journey situation. I think. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it was. It was a journey. I mean, there was. It was a lot. I mean, I was like very like determined. It was it. It was this or nothing. I felt like so. Well, hey, you, you accomplished it. So, That's hey, right. you're, you're there. I did it. So what type of, um, do you work in a clinic? Do you work in, what kind of um, day-to-day situation do you have for work? Yes. Yeah, so now I actually um, am a pediatrician that practices in the NICU and step-down nursery. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. So kind of, you know, once I finished residency and all my training, um, it was time to look for a job. And I looked into some clinics and, you know, the emergency room, there's lots of different things you can do. Um, but I just really fell in love with the people and the job of taking care of the newborn. And mm-hmm. so for the past three years, I've been kind of specific, um, in that way. Um, so yeah, I kind of work, a. a my schedule kind of varies from month to month, but I get to take care of really cute babies all the time. So I love it. Yes. Nothing's better than cute babies. <laughs> Nothing is better than cute babies. They are the best patients for sure. <laughs> I bet. And she pointed out the other day, like they don't get the NICU babies don't have like all the gunky stuff that like you can bring home really. Yes. You know? oh. Yes. Oh, that's so it's yeah. like, oh, okay. It's yeah. Very, yeah. I'm not getting like coughed on, you know, and snotty nosed. Not that I don't like that, you know, and then maybe at another point in my life, I'll be doing that again. But for now, it's just, you know, cute little babies that aren't like coming in for the flu and all these types of things. So oh, it's good. Cool. I never even thought about that. That's so much better when you have little ones. Because, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always feel so bad because my children have the worst tendency of coughing in people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> and every they time they do, do it. Every kid, yeah. And our or pediatrician has two little kids. So every time I'm like, oh, God, please don't. Which, I mean, his immune system has to be top notch. I mean, it has to oh, be. Yeah. He'd be miserable. But I'm yeah. like, oh, please, please stop coughing at him. His little, he has a little, like, three-year-old. He, <laughs> he has a baby. Yeah. I do think it helps with the immune system. My first two kids... 
they were little when I was in residency, which, you know, you see all the things and literally they never got sick, like ever. I think that they've had like maybe five total fevers together and like their combined like nine years of life. But my third one, he's definitely been like my sickest one. And I think it's because I've been like in the NICU since he's been born. So like, I haven't like bolstered his immune system as well or something, you know, with all the stuff they're being exposed to. Yeah. You need this to is a like, theory I have. Yes. You need to rub your hands on the floor a little bit more. Yeah, for real. Did y'all, did y'all see, I'm not kidding. I saw this today on the news. They are selling sneezed on tissues what? on the internet to build. I'm not lying. It, it is a legit Chris. news story. Yeah. It, 80 bucks too. Hey. <gasps> I can get a cold. I know. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. on me? I don't know, but it's supposed to build your immune system. Okay. Well, I do not recommend that. <laughs> yeah. No, people yeah. are crazy. What don't about, buy those. What about selling them? I mean, yeah, I think this that. might be a legit business. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. 80 bucks for your journey. Yeah. I could, I could sneeze a few times. I mean, I, yeah. could, I could take one for the taste of pepper. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So let's get started with the real questions. Yeah. Uh, so how do you know when to take your kid to the doctor? Like what are the telltale signs that you're like, absolutely? Yes, you should bring them in. Yes. This is a good question. I feel like I get asked this. I get lots of text messages and Facebook messages. And I feel like this is something that is really hard for parents to know. Um, And there's, I'm going to try to answer it as straightforward as possible. But first of all, it's never wrong to take your kids to the doctor if you're worried, right? So I always caveat everything with if your mama heart needs some reassurance that your kid is okay, then pediatricians are always happy to reassure you. Um, but I think kind of the, the telltale signs are, um, and a baby. So any baby that's little, you know, less than six to eight weeks of age should be seen by a doctor for every fever that they have. Um, when you're that little, it's just something that we always want to see you for. Um, then for bigger kids, I think, um, You know, fever is something that people get really stressed out about, but it's really hard if you're the pediatrician seeing the kiddo and they started having fever, you know, like for a day. Um, So I tell people, um, if your kid is otherwise acting okay, you know, still playing and still, you know, acting like they're okay, then you can hold off on fever, you know, and mm-hmm. take them in when it becomes more of a persistent thing. So, you know, we're, we're going on like day four or five of consecutive fevers, um, that, that just are not getting better. Then I think then that is an appropriate time, um, to go ahead and take them in. Um, other things would be, you know, any signs of trouble breathing, you know, There's Mm -hmm. one thing to have a little cough and runny nose. It's another thing to have a little cough and runny nose that make you breathe harder or faster. Mm -hmm. Um, What about if their fever is responding to medicine and it's day four? Do you still, like if you're able to control it with medicine, do you worry then or do you just ride it out? Yeah, I think that that is really, it depends on kind of how your kiddo is looking otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say if you're, if they're responding to medicine and they're still acting okay, then you can wait. But I would expect 
that their overall fever trend is getting better. So maybe like the first couple of days, it was like, oh, I was giving around the clock Tylenol and Motrin. But mm-hmm. now on day four, like the number's not as high and we're not spiking as often. So overall, you feel like you're still kind of on the downward slope. I would say if it's day four to five and you're still having to give it as around the clock as you were before, then you might want to go and make sure there's not like a bacterial infection brewing that needs a little more attention. So kind of the pattern of the fever, I think, at that point. Gotcha. That makes sense. I have a follow-up question to that because my husband and I, and I mean, this can be purely opinion. I'm just curious on what your take is. Yeah. We don't always agree on when to medicate as far as fever goes. And like if mine have a low to mid grade fever and they're not acting like they're miserable, I typically don't medicate them. Like I try to let the fever run its course. Is that even a thing? Because as soon as they hit like 99, he's like, give them some Advil. And I'm like, I don't think they have to have it yet. That's because of our mother. (laughs) (laughs) So do I need to be giving them the Advil? (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah. Um, no, I think so. A true fever. So I'll, I'm going to give you guys a little secret. Okay. A true fever is like 100.4 or higher. So, Ooh. yeah. So like if you say fever and then you say 99, you know, maybe like your pediatrician is thinking like, well, that's not a real fever, you know, mm-hmm. um, because like, we, and, and it may be spiking. So I, I do not treat fever it's the body's natural response like it's a good thing right your body's trying to do a job with the fever the only reason to treat a fever is because your kiddo feels so puny and like they don't want to drink or eat because they just feel so crummy so I've definitely had my kids you know like 101 still playing and I'm like oh we'll just see if they you know we'll just let that ride it out um right but if they're like 101 and like laying on the couch and they look like they're miserable, then I would treat it. So, yeah, you don't have to for sure um, treat it unless I feel like your kiddo is being affected by it. And then so, you're really just treating the symptoms, right? Not yes. The you're, yeah, you're treating the symptoms. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, because you don't want them to feel crummy. Oh, uh, yeah. True. Okay. So I've got a question. Yes. And this is like a, this is for all the, all the non-doctors who are like, really, is it really just a virus? I know. (laughs) No, I, yes. I mean, girl, like kids get so many viruses because they share so many germs. And this is probably the hardest thing for me. Um, I feel like to just, reassure parents about because they're so and it's the good thing parents are so nervous that they're missing something more but even the majority of ear infections you know can be viral are viral Mm -hmm. so yeah if your kid has like all that snotty coffee gunky stuff that feels like it's coming out of everywhere you know um the fever, um, it can definitely, it usually is, especially in the winter time, um, a virus. And there's not much that your pediatrician can offer you, you know, in the way of antibiotics. Those don't work for viruses. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to get better on its own. Um, bummer. Yeah, I know. It is a bummer. You just kind of got to treat those symptoms and, you know, 
stay the course. It'll get better. So will ear ear infections can get better on their own? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, if they're viral. Ear infections are like the hardest thing in pediatrics ever. Um, And for a mom, I feel like, because with my kids, I never worry about fever. Like, I'm just not a worrier with that kind of stuff. But always, if they're younger and can't communicate yet, every time I'm like, he's got to have an ear infection. It's got to be an ear infection. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I think that is, so a lot of your infections are viral. So yeah, they are. So I feel like, um, you know, my, I've got three kids and Amos is the first one that has gotten antibiotics for an ear infection. Um, yeah. So, and I feel like that, um, if you've got all the other signs of a virus, like if you've got the runny nose and you've got the cough or you know these other things um and you've got the fever if you let that run a few days course that's really where more the persistent fever comes in because if it's a virus is going to get better you know Mm. and your fever curve is going to start to improve but if the ears are involved and it's bacterial then it's going to kind of have a more persistent fever and your kid is you know when they get old enough they'll tell you their ear hurts which is you know, but when they're younger and they can't, um, a persistent fever and then just like increasing fussiness, um, not sleeping, you know, maybe because pain, because they're painful. The playing in the ear thing, I don't really ever know if that's what, oh, playing. Yeah. They're they're just putting their finger in their ear. Like kids just put their fingers in. Well, and I had, I had two curly headed babies and they would flick at their curls. Yeah. If they're, if they were needing a haircut, then they would kind of flick at They're like, like, your mom. touching their ear, you know, so they'd be like, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so it was always like, they'd be like, well, have they touched their ear? And I'm like, well, I mean, not the bottom of their ear, but they yeah. like flicked at the, you know, I'm like, they either need a haircut or they have an ear infection. It's one of the two. I, yeah. I don't feel like that's a very telling sign. But if parents are like, they've been pulling on their ear. I'm like, well, they're like one, you know, like, yeah, they're learning. they just found it. Like, you know, so yeah. I feel like that's hard. But some moms that know their baby, like some kids are like, this mom's like, no, they literally do this every time. And it's been an ear infection every time. Well, then, then you can be like, oh, okay, well, that's a little more concerning if this is a pattern. But right. But ear infections are hard. They are. But yes, it's usually just a virus and it's going to get better. But that's a good, that's good news, right? Because it's going to get better. I guess. I, I mean, I feel like it's one of those, like when I've finally given in and I'm taking them to the doctor and I'm paying my $25 copay, oh, no. I kind of want it to be something you can help me with. You know, I know, I know. <laughs> like, That's can why you just so give hard. me any like placebo, just whatever, yeah. just do something so that I feel like I've gotten my $25 worth. <laughs> I know. And your pediatrician wants to, like, that is the hardest thing because they're like, Oh, I wish that I could offer you more, but like, I don't want to give you antibiotics if your kids don't need it because that's not healthy. You know, that's not good for them. You just got to stick it out, mama. I know. Yeah. It's hard. It's a hard one. Okay. So what are the best over-the-counter medicines that you should always have on hand? Yeah. So I think that all parents should have a couple things on hand obviously Tylenol and Motrin, you know, children's Tylenol and Motrin. Okay. Let um, me ask an obvious question because I, I know this now, but I did not know this for a long time. Yes. Motrin, ibuprofen, Advil, all that's the same, right? 
Yes. Motrin, ibuprofen, Advil is all the same. And then Tylenol is also known as acetaminophen. You know, it's like that big long word that is Tylenol. Um, But it's different, right? It's different than the Motrin? It's different than the Motrin, yeah. So they work differently. Um, They work to reduce fever and pain by different mechanisms. So they are not the same. Um, So you you can have both because they can, you know, you can alternate them. Um, but something that everyone should know is you cannot give the ibuprofen, Motrin, Advil to a kiddo less than six months of age. So if they're less than six months old, they can only get the Tylenol for their fever. Gotcha. And why is um, that? Do you know? That, yeah, I do know. Of course you I know. know. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> this is a resident expert I'm speaking to. Um, that's because, um, that Motrin is metabolized by the kidneys and baby kidneys are not the same as bigger kid kidneys. They're still, you know, they're not, they're developing and they cannot handle it as well. Um, so it's not safe. You know, I'm one of those that like, I'm a rule follower if the rule makes sense to me. So I want to know like, why is it? Yes, I know. You know, yeah, this (laughs) is a rule that does make sense, Chris. Okay. Okay. This is a good one. Okay. Yeah. Um, So yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I was going to say, so the other thing, so Tylenol and Motrin and then Benadryl, you know, is always really good to have on hand Mm -hmm. in case you ever need it. Um, for something that you're worried could be allergic or, you know, it can also be used to kind of help with some snotty noses and stuff like that. And then hydrocortisone cream or ointment, you know, that stuff is really good to have on hand for bug bites or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, little dry patches of skin or some rashes. And then, um, honey, I tell honey because no cough medicines for kids we like honey honey is safe and it's equally as effective as not as effective so but Listen, only Tara Tara just told me this one not long ago yeah, when Lincoln and she's like my kids love it they love honey blah blah, blah. I gave it to Lincoln and he acted like I was waterboarding him like <laughs> he, acted, he was like thing. wiggling his head like he could not move I was like just breathe buddy just it was hysterical. I was like, Tara, he did not love Yeah, that. I do recall. But it does help with the cough. and it. But only if kids are over one. You cannot give honey to a kiddo less than one year of age. It's not safe. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. okay. Those are my big ones, I think. Yes. Those are um, good ones. And I have all of those. So I hope you're good. very Look proud. Look at you. You are prepared. I'm yes. You. My friend's uh, a pediatrician, remember? <laughs> One step at a time. We're getting you there. (laughs) What are your biggest tips on feeding and nutrition for kids? Because that's a hard one. Y'all, why is this the worst? I hope it's chicken nuggets. The worst. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. You can use chicken nuggets. No, I will tell you this tonight, like at dinner time for our family, I like literally told my husband, I'm like, like, why can our kids just like not eat like you know, I'm like trying to make like normal food. Like, why is it so hard for kids to just eat decent food that you lovingly cook for them? I don't understand. But um, I think the biggest thing about to, to always remember about kids and toddlers and nutrition, you know, kind of like three big rules that I try to tell parents to remember. Number one is don't stress. 
Like you just cook them a meal and do not let yourself become stressed about the amount that they eat or the quality of what you think they eat. You know, tonight my 15 month old literally threw everything on the ground. I don't even know if he had like two bites of his dinner. (laughs) Um, That's the first rule. Don't stress. And that's really hard to do even for me. And I like know that the second thing is the you provide, they decide rule. So you make, yeah, you provide, they decide you make for your kids what you want them to eat. And then they get to decide if they eat it or not. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you put it in front of them, you put the vegetables, you put the meat, you put what you want them to eat. Um, but let them, you know, if they don't eat any of the carrots, like they just don't. When they get a little bit older, you know, you can be like, okay, you've got to take three bites of carrots or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will but say they- we, with Zach, um, he always had to clean his plate growing up. Like he was forced to clean his plate. And now as an adult, he does not know when he's full. Like yeah, he just exactly. cleans his plate. So it's yeah. like, we made a rule very early on. I'm like, they don't get dessert if they don't clean their plate because, right. you know, otherwise yeah. they're like taking a bite and they're and like, they, okay, I'm full. Yeah. That's good. But they do not have to clean their plate because I'm like, they need to learn when they're full. Like, yeah. you know, because plate size is like, if we go to a restaurant, Zach will get like a gigantic plate and then he eats it all and then he's miserable, you know? Yeah, yeah it's Bless true. his heart. Yeah. <laughs> and he's 32, so... <laughs> It's uh, so true though. You can't, yeah, you want them to listen like to their body and, and they mm-hmm. sometimes don't want to eat what as much as we think that they should, but they're just like, you know, I'm done. So you're like, okay, like you said, no dessert or whatever, but um, yeah, so you provide, they decide. And then the last rule is just keep offering, um, mm-hmm. you know, your kid could throw broccoli on the ground like 1,700 times, but then the 1,701 time they might eat it and like it. Studies show us that kids have to be exposed to foods multiple times before they will accept them. Um, and so you're doing your kiddo a disservice if you quit offering it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may have, you know, lots of parents will even see this in their own kid. Like my kid used to never eat this and now they do. And it's, you just keep offering it, let them touch it, familiarize themselves with it. Um, but then just don't, just don't stop offering the stuff that you want them to eat because you think they don't like it. Right. Yes. Yeah. But Rachel, I, keep, keep offering Adeline grapes. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> she, no, she I know better. So, as long as you cut them up. Right. Every time she comes to my house, she's like, Aunt Chris, I don't like grapes. Yeah. You're like, how can you like grapes? They're so good. Uh, That child, she likes the weirdest stuff and none of it is in a normal people's fridge. I think I've I've heard you say before on one of your podcasts, she likes like pesto and goat cheese. Is this? Yes. I'm like, and not grapes. I wish my kid liked pesto and goat cheese so I could be like, oh, I'm sorry. I just brought her a little snack of pesto and goat cheese. Yeah, Yeah, because Adeline doesn't like peanut butter either, right? Nope. She doesn't like peanut butter. Yeah. My kid, Uh, that's so crazy. Yeah. My kids love peanut butter. She'll eat it. It's not, she'll eat it like if it's peanut butter flavored. You know, uh, but see, she's yeah. not going to straight up, like, and it's not going to be her first choice. Her first like, choice, yeah. No, like, yeah. It's, it's definitely not her. She's not a sandwich kid. So this transition to lunches five days a week has been, like, Ooh, a rough one. 
Yeah, I I'm, not, did, yeah. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not. I'm not enjoying it either. I wish my you can't kids pack pesto and goat cheese to kindergarten. <laughs> no, I mean one day could yeah, you? One day, I mean maybe, but <laughs> it, it wouldn't be at the right temperature. So I don't oh, know yeah. she would. These are issues. It. I get it. One day I straight up did put her some pizza rolls in her lunch, and she acted like it was the best day of her life. So Griffin asked and me why I don't pack chicken nuggets. Um, we have the Omni oh, box and it has herb, like yeah. a little, mm -hmm. and I, I, her teacher had asked me to come do something like make copies or something. So I happened to like be up at, like I brought the lunch. So it was uh, like, a, it was like all things like met this in the was middle. Good, yeah. It was, it was a magic lunch for her. She was like, <laughs> mom, those pizza rolls were so good. And I'm like, yeah. don't get used to it. That's right. Celery uh, tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. I used to, um, uh, at the school that all the younger kids go to and that um, Tara and I's oldest went to last year, yes. you had to, you have to pack very specific things. And like, yes. I would, when I was like running out of like things she liked, I would straight up pack baby carrots and yeah. knowing that she wasn't going to eat them. But oh, like, I know, but you have to because they yes. I know. I, I always felt like all those like reminders home were for me. I'm like, sheesh. Okay. I've got I to know. remember to get all these things. Or I'd but like put like uh, two two different baggies with strawberries. I'm like, can you please just count that as two? <laughs> no, two. listen, we we got a, a reminder the other day that was like it wasn't just to me specifically, and I already know this, so y'all don't be judging. But it said uh, just a reminder: fruit snacks does not count as a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I was like, dang, that sucks for whoever that was for. Oh, that, 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 they thought they would get away with it. Yeah, yeah that was like, like, whatever. I don't even care. I bet you she packed fruit snacks the next day. You go, girl. Yeah. They <laughs> you, do what you, do. you do what you gotta do. They're probably Welch's. I mean, yeah, that's not like a percentage of real fruit. That's, that's fruit juice. Mom. That's my mom. That's my mom's yeah. and grandma. She's like feeding my kids Cheetos and she's like, Tara, it's made with real cheese. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> that does oh, not count. <laughs> They've got protein. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So what are your tips for dealing with the rashes? Oh, wait, did you have another rule? No, for those the nutrition? the three. Yeah, no. You didn't, the did three. you say the third? Yeah, don't stress. You provide, they decide, and don't quit offering. Don't wow. quit. That's right. Okay, yeah. Okay, so what are your tips for dealing with rashes? Oh, <laughs> I mean, if I could just tell you the number of pictures that I get. 
Oh, yeah, um, I believe because it. Because rashes are so hard. And to be honest, they are hard for everyone. Um, there are so few rashes that are like, if you send me a picture, I'm going to be like, oh, definitely it's this, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're just, they're very few, just super classic um, rashes that you can tell over a, a picture. But I think that the biggest things are, um, you know, if a kid is otherwise, and parents get really stressed about rashes, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cause they look like they can look really like, Oh, what is going on with my kid's body? But if your kid is fine and the rash doesn't seem to be bothering them and they're playful and just being their normal self, like it's probably going to be fine and go away. And you just kind of just let it play out. Like, see what it looks like tomorrow. You know, is it better? Or is it worse? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and don't get super alarmed by it. Um, I think that, you know, if, if it's itchy, a little hydrocortisone cream might help. You can try that on there and, and check out on it again in the morning. Um, but really, um, just kind of gauging how your kid is acting. Rashes that um, seem painful, you know, would be something that we would want to see sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, rashes that, like if a kid has a rash, but they're also complaining of like their mouth hurting or. So you're worried there might be some lesions in the mouth or something. We would want to know about that um, and check that out sooner. But a lot of times it's just going to be either caused by a virus. Lots of viruses cause rashes um, or it's going to be something that's probably going to get better on its own. And I will tell you my number one favorite thing for a diaper rash is Vaseline or Aquaphor. Really? Yeah. So before when you start to see a little bit of redness, in the diaper area, like, you know, it's not like this full-blown crazy rash, but you're like, oh, your bottom's getting kind of red. If you lather that thing up with Vaseline or Aquaphor, you just lather <laughs> that little that little bottom up with Vaseline or Aquaphor with every diaper change, it's like, seriously, I buy stock in Vaseline and Aquaphor, and I've probably had, like, maybe one day of diaper rash between my three kids. Oh, um, wow. yeah. What about, you know, the... um. Like when they get the little rash on the back of their throat, is that only with strep? Like if you see a rash on the back of their throat, is it definitely strep or is there another reason there could be? Is that? it even called rash if it's inside? Their yeah, throat? like I'm kind of like, what do you well, see when you look? Is no, I was thinking like the, I was thinking like the fat roll rash at first, you know how Adeline. Oh yeah, that, that is a real thing. The fat That's roll that is. Is a real rash. Yes. But are you talking yes. about like in their mouth? It's called something like petechia. The petechia, yeah, the 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 petechial palate the petechia on the palate yes that yeah. is strep always I mean pretty much I mean that's okay. one of like what we call like a, a pathognomonic finding like if you see petechial petechia on the palate I mean they're not really anything else that's going to cause that um unless you know there are some rarer things but things that you know you probably wouldn't need to know about but um, I, one time Jude, this is kind of a story about that. I took Jude for his well child check and his, he was like two and his doctor was like, he's got petechia on his palate. And I'm like, he's like, is he been complaining of a sore throat? And I'm like, no, that's so weird. I haven't even noticed. And he showed me and I was like, that's crazy. He's like, do you want me to strep swab him? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess I do. And so he strep swabbed him and it was positive. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So it is one of those things. Yeah. If you see that it's going to be strep almost 99.9% of the time. Oh, okay. Remember. Well, yeah. 
Well, I, the funny thing is, even as an adult, I've had more issues with rashes than even with my kids. Yeah, they're like, hard. I, yes, I've had shingles. Chris has had shingles too. Oh, bless! Yeah. That is painful. Bless you both. I've I was had that, but. like seven months pregnant, and they said <gasps> it was from like Preg stress yeah. on my body, but. Yes. Um, they weren't as bad. I think maybe just being young, they weren't as bad as they described them. Like they oh, prescribed me like hard pain medicine. And I was yeah. like, uh, I don't, I'm fine. I'm okay. Like it was in my bra yeah. line. So that was super annoying. Yeah. But, um, it sounds terrible. <laughs> well, then I had like, and I also ended up having, um, at one point I had, what is it called? It's, it's basically translates to mouth rash and it's like, there's no, it can be like from fluoride toothpaste, but I went to my general <laughs> practitioner for like six months trying to get it healed up. And they just kept prescribing me stuff and like steroid creams that were too strong yeah. for my face. And I just kept putting it on there. And finally, I went to a dermatologist. He was like, oh, it's blah, 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 blah. Here's a cream. It should be better in a week. I was like, oh, well, why did I do that for like eight months? Literally. Was it like around your mouth? Like, like, yes, 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 yes. I get rashes. Rashes are hard. Yeah. I just switched shampoo and had a rash all down the side of my body. You have kind of sensitive skin though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and especially. that's something to always think about if your kid breaks out in a rash. Like, did I do anything different with their shampoo or soap, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Another uh, question about keeping your kids safe. So what are your biggest safety tips in general? Oh, my word. I love talking about safety. It just like <laughs> Okay. Get it, girl. <laughs> this is like, uh, so, yeah. I mean, I guess it, there's just, I could, I guess my biggest ones. Um, Oh, I guess the biggest thing, like car seat and seatbelt safety, you know, are so huge. Um, like this saves kids' lives, appropriate car seats. My six-year-old son, Jude, is like devastated because I still have him in a five-point harness because his car seat goes up to it. And literally, he like hates it so bad because so many of his friends don't have one anymore, which is fine and I'm sure that they're taller or they meet the height requirement whatever but I'm like you're staying in it because you have a car seat that will go farther um and so he hates that but um, well let me just say I just paid four hundred and ten dollars to have a seat belt fixed in my car because Griffin has the seat belt which he's almost seven but and he was yanking it and yanking it and yanking it and it broke and it was $400 oh to fix it. So stick with the straps is what They're I say. Stick it in those straps. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, car seat safety. Um, I get really like in the summertime, there are few things that like make me more anxious in my life than being around kids in a pool. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So like I'm a huge like pool safety, like person um I think that's one thing like I probably personally like I love people that have swimming pools I'm so happy to come to your house and have one but I just don't know if I could ever live in a house with one because mm-hmm. they make me so nervous um, no. so pool safety um and then um oh man there's so many and I guess my last one is probably like choking safety like I was definitely the mom at my kids preschool that was like You've got grapes on the snack list here, and 
this is not an appropriate snack for my baby's classroom because, you know, she cannot <laughs> be eating grapes yet. So, oh, like, thanks, Terry. You're the reason I have to cut the grapes in half for Beckett's lunch. <laughs> yes, I am the reason. Thanks um, for that. You're welcome. I know. <laughs> um, so those are probably some of the biggest ones. You know, pa- I tell parents, um, and I have to really preach it to my family too, um, because you know, like I've had people flat out like ask me, and y'all, y'all might be like, "Well, we've done this before." Okay, so this is no judgment for anyone. Okay, but like riding on lawnmowers and four wheelers and these types of things just really makes me nervous. And I've had to tell people like my dad, I'm like, no, my kid cannot get on the lawnmower with you. Um, because I've seen just the accidents from it. I know, I know a lot of people do it, but it's always an accident. It's always so tragic. So y'all be careful. Be careful out there. Well, be careful out there in the world. I know. know, Like we live in Arkansas. So I know people do this. Like I know that I see it, you know, Mm-hmm. But but when you read the stories on Facebook or that circulate, it's like, oh my gosh! I'm, it's like yeah. they were being careful too. It's just hard. They were be- I mean, I will tell you, like in pediatrics, this is something that, like, you really it, it you it is so driven home and like your soul because kids, you know, if you look up, this is like going to sound so sad, but like if you look up like the number one cause of death in kids, it is not illness. Yeah, it is accidents you know, it is injury and accidents. And so those are the things that like, as a pediatrician that like, you see a lot of, you know, just these devastating accidents. And so it just, um, I get so nervous about it, much to my children's dismay oftentimes, but I'm like, sorry, no, their childhood. (laughs) I'm depriving their trouble. But I did hear the trauma. I, one time when I was rounding, I heard like the pediatric trauma surgeon, you know, he was talking about his kids. Yeah. And he was like, I know what can hurt my kids and I know what can like really hurt or kill my kids. And Mm so we, we ride bicycles with our helmets. We do these fun things. You know, we climb monkey bars, whatever, like break an arm, you know, it's going to be fine. Um, but not that I want you to break an arm, but you know what I mean? There are just some things that are just, we have to be a lot more strict about. Yeah. Well, when you know better, you do better, you know? So it's like you've seen those kind of things, then it's more, because my mom will always be like, you survived on blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't know better. Like now we do. So, you know, it's just like the first three of my kids slept with a blanket because I didn't know. Safe sleep. That's a huge one too. Yes. And then with Lincoln, I knew. So I'm like, Zach was like, this is ridiculous. All the other boys slept with the blanket. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't know. Now I yeah. know. And, and there he was that from story circulating with the seven-month-old. Remember yes. that? Oh, yes. oh, it's just like, knows. Zach, it's not worth it. I cannot live with myself if something happens and you can, because and of a blanket. Tell, yeah, that's what I tell people. And I'm like, literally, y'all, it is always an accident. Like, that's what yes. I tell people when you're like, but I just didn't mean for it to happen. Like no parent comes in there and says, I meant for this to happen. You know, it's always right. an accident and it's always tragic. And so I'm like, that's why we call them accidents. So like, this is accident prevention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Accident prevention with Tara. We need a with whole Tara. episode just Girl, on that. I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sign you up. Yeah. Uh, okay. So us parents with multiple kids. If one gets sick, is there anything we can do to try to keep the rest 
well or or should we just like throw them all in the say your prayers girl (laughs) throw them all on the couch together and let them share a popsicle (laughs) yeah for real because they're gonna do that anyway no I think like you want to try I feel like in the degree to how much effort you put in this also depends on like the age of your children I feel like you know um they're gonna share their germs so you know wash your hands and you know try to minimize it but you all live in the same house you know your if your five-year-old has a cold your three-year-old is probably gonna get one um but if you have like a newborn or something at home that that cold is gonna hit them a lot harder you know then I think it's worth it to be like you don't touch the baby we all wash the hands right when we get inside the house, you know, and we're not doing cuddles until you can, I feel like you've kind of kicked this cold to the curb. Um, but there's no substitute for good hand washing. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's really hard. They're probably going to share some of those germs and we're just going to hope for the best. I was just hoping for like a magical. <laughs> I got no magic. No one gets it. My, yeah. my scariest part is the stomach bug. And when it yes. gets it, I'm like, who's going to hit next? Like I cannot rest until everyone has gone ahead. And <laughs> Do y'all know just my kids have never had the stomach bug? Like uh, my what? children have never had a stomach bug. Judah's six. Jane is three. And, you know, Amos is 15 months and we have never, and I'm knocking on all the wood. That yeah, I, I was on. about to say, girl. We have on. never had like a vomiting and diarrhea stomach bug ever. I think Jude's thrown up twice in his life. Jane may be twice in her life. Is that not crazy? I don't that know is. how. That that's, is crazy. That's uh, awesome. Um, mine I, know. I think Griffin's had it every year. Yeah, I know. I don't know how. I think I've seriously built up their immune systems from residency. I'm serious because I came home with like taking care of kids with everything and they're just like doing their little thing. I don't know. Whatever works. It's hard to prevent germs. You just, just wash hands. Don't share cups. You know, all the stuff you're doing anyway. I I got no magic. I feel like I know the answer to this next question as your friend, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. What, what is the hardest part of being a pediatrician and having your own kids? Oh, I think that maybe two answers. I think that the first answer is um, I do not doctor my own children, really. Like I try, well, I take them to all their wild child checks and I try, like if they have a cough, I don't use my stethoscope to listen to their lungs. But that, yeah, y'all, she doesn't even have an otoscope, which like, I, I, I almost ended the friendship over that. Like, wait a second. I thought I, I was getting free ear checks here. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't because I don't want to doctor them. It's hard. Um, but I tend to also like downplay a lot of things. And so like when Amos, my youngest, had RSV last year, I like waited way too long and he he got not that, you know, he was going to get this sick even if I wouldn't have waited, but like, it was like midnight one night and I was like driving like by myself to take him to the ER because I was like, I've waited until you were like in super respiratory distress. Like, what am I thinking? You've been breathing, chugging along, breathing so hard for so long because I just was like, Oh, I'll watch it. You know, it'll get better. Um, and so I think that one of the hardest parts is like maintaining your own, my own subjectivity for my kids and not, you know, 
like taking them seriously. They're like, mom, this hurts. I'm like, okay, here, I'm going to rub a little medicine on it. And it's just like Vaseline or something. I'm like, and then you rest, <laughs> you rest and it'll be better in the morning. And they're like, okay. Um, so maintaining my own subjectivity. And I think the other thing is um, just trying, you know, n- not to let my brain, like I know the worst of the worst of the worst that it could be. Oh, and so yeah. I have to like really temper my anxiety sometimes. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. this is, you know, I just have to not let myself go there. Um, or otherwise I would be in a constant state of like stress. I feel like. Yeah. Tara um, always tells me if you knew what I knew, then you would be more worried. Be hard. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean, for people that like, I'm not naturally prone to being anxious. And I think that God knew that I could do this job because of that. Like, it's not something I'm not really like an anxious person because if I was like, Oh my word, I would just be like a miserable person because there's so much scary. I mean, kids normally do really good, but there's a lot of scary stuff that people, we just don't, you just don't know about if you don't like go to medical school and learn about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. It is, it would not be my personality type. Yeah. Like, I could not exactly. handle it. Yeah. Like, and I know that. So even like I, I'm, I've, been asked like a million times because I have a teaching degree and so they're like oh would you ever want to do like nursing you like working with people and I'm like uh no it's just not if I would mm -mm, couldn't yeah every time somebody'd cough or like spray some bodily fluid I'd be like y'all I'm gonna die it's happening this is the the beginning of the end (laughs) the beginning of the end yeah (laughs) it is not my personality so I am very thankful for everyone that can (laughs) and does but I I am not that person I learned real quick and I actually went to nursing school and worked on the cancer unit at Children's Hospital and learned real quick that that was not my thing. Yeah, it's the hardest, the hardest month in residency for sure. I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. for my colleagues that do it because it's hard. But kids are so resilient. You know, they really are. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, so now we have some mom questions that we ask all of our guests and we kind of already touched on this one, but maybe you have something else you want to share about it. So what's your biggest mom thing or your biggest mom worry? What stresses you out? Yeah, it's definitely the accident stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. My kids know safety first. We, what is the safest thing here? And that's what we do. I mean, Jude was like, I remember like the very first time we ever got him like anything he could like sit on or ride around on, you know, and he was like one or two or whatever, like we put on the helmet just to like start that, like we wear a helmet when we ride something like that's just what we do. Um, so safety is probably definitely my biggest mom worry. I think yeah. the thing that I spend the most of my time and energy thinking about is are they safe you know yes Lawson got us we got us like a little bounce bike scooter for Lawson and he's two for Christmas yeah yeah he got got a helmet he there you go yeah I've I was my mom is a worrier so I was raised very safety conscious because she was like she was probably so worried that she only had one kid you know yeah yeah (laughs) like I'm an only (laughs) child like that's probably how worried she was so I'm probably a step down from that at least but like Lawson got a helmet with his little scooter that he has no idea how to ride. And so he puts on his little cute Mickey Mouse helmet and he's yeah. super pumped. But I'm like, we're going to go ahead because it's like if they get used to it without when they're wanting yeah. to do tricks and ride down the street, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Might as yeah. well get them used to it. I get them used one. to it. They go, they go hand in hand. So it's never like a question. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So what's your favorite way to relax at the end of a long day? Because we know, I know it's not a bath. It's not a bath. That's right. <laughs> Chris and I always talk about her, but I'm like, I just, I mean, that I just don't know if I have the energy to make myself take a bath every night. So I'm always <laughs> amazed at this about Chris. Um, no, my, I think like once my kids finally go to sleep, um, my husband and I, I love to watch TV. Um, Although I will tell you, so yeah, probably like sitting on the couch with my husband and just, we like Netflix watch, you know, binge watch watch. shows that we haven't seen together. We have a handful of shows that we watch together. Um, And we really always do it together. Um, So it's kind of like our hangout time. But this year, one of my New Year's resolutions is to read more. And so he's kind of been like, annoyed because he's like gosh you're always like I'll watch like one episode of something and then I'm like I'm gonna read and so it's kind of slowly also becoming just like laying in my bed with like a little heated um this is like I don't have a heated blanket I really need to invest in one but I have like this big heating pad and I turn it on under my blanket yeah and then I just lay there and read and I'm like so awesome um so yeah probably that one of those two things just nothing mindless things yes that's what you gotta have at the end of the day I I am a reader at night like that's how I get sleepy so um me and my husband will do the same thing we'll watch an episode or two and then we'll have like the okay well I I want to read so if you want to watch the next episode you can but I'm gonna read now and he's like yeah I'm not ready to turn it off I'm like you can leave it on but I'm he's like but and like we have that debate yeah okay I'm like I'm sorry I I I need to like cool my head down and like I need to not like stare it because like I have a Kindle Paperwhite so like I um it's not like the blue light and I'm like I've been like not being able to go to sleep as early as I want to so I'm trying to figure out ways to like I've said like a million times to turn (laughs) my brain off Uh, yes I know so I will read and then he, but he wants the TV still on and I'm like, he would go to sleep with the TV on and I'm not. Oh, I person. could not do that. Mm-mm, yeah. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. And so he wants to leave it on until it is bedtime. And I'm like, I want it off an hour. You, like, you, yeah, you need a little cool down time. Exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we have that argument frequent, well, argument. I use that term loosely. We have that, yeah. agr- we have that Deba- conversation. Debate. Yeah. Conversation, yeah. Yes. Okay, so what is your best mom hack or tip that you would give to a new mom? Um, I think my, this one is so hard. I love that you guys ask this to everyone, though, because I think it's so good. Um, but my biggest mom hack or tip would be, um, probably my biggest one is don't sweat the small stuff, and it's really all small stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, I tell people all the time, I think the thing that I love the most about kind of this, this journey to becoming a, a doctor and doing residency and now doing what I do is I'm continually humbled by the perspective that I am just handed to and seeing families walk through some really unimaginable things. Um, mm-hmm. and so you know, it's just really easy for me to just be like, this is not a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, so I just don't, I mean, not that I don't like get stressed, like the next mom about, you know, like, please quit splashing all the bath water out of the bathtub at bath time and these types of yeah. things. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, I'm really able to just be like, you know, this is the 17th time you've woken me up tonight. And that's all right. Because I know this mom that I met, you know, would 
do anything to have her baby wake her up 17 times. And so, um, so just, you know, just like, don't sweat it. Like it's all going to be fine. Just find a way to somehow just fully let yourself like love your baby in these moments, you know, because there's so many people who would give anything just for that normal mom stress, even, you know, that normal moment. Um, so that's probably like my biggest one. And my second one is if you have a newborn, just go buy yourself a whole bunch of pacifiers because <laughs> yes, girl, they yes. will save you. They are a hack. They, I mean, the person that invented the passy knew what was up because there yeah. is not a better mom hack than the, in the world. See, my Beckett, Beckett has been my only one that would not take passy and he was easily my hardest baby. Absolutely. Amos wouldn't take one. And I tried for, I did not believe parents when they said their kids didn't take a pacifier. Yeah, you're like, you're not trying hard enough. I'm like, for real. I'm like, <laughs> okay, babies love to suck. It is a, they do it in the womb. This is like a calming reflex for them. <laughs> so you are lying. All babies will take a passy. And then I had one that didn't. And you can ask my husband for like a solid eight months. Like, I'm like, try to get that passy in his mouth. I'm like, I need this kid try to take a pacifier. Try again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he just really wouldn't. Um, but if, if your baby does, I mean, you know, really you're driving in the car, they're crying, stick the passy in. It works. Yeah. It's it, awesome. It does. But Lawson was not a passy baby at first. I forced it. And yeah. um, now at two years in, he's still a passy baby. Yeah, so I know. We're, yeah. We're going to work on that. But you got, you're like, good. He's just two. You've got time. This is about the time. So you're fine. I tell parents, I'm like, <laughs> A lot of people say they don't want to do the passy for that, but I'm like, listen, three to five days for like one and a half to two good years is yeah, totally worth, worth it. it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to totally quote you it. on the three to five days and then start texting you at five days. If <laughs> Girl, you do. Three to five days. Yeah, no, well, it I will be. It I've really will be. Two passies away. Collier and, and Griffin had to have their passies taken away, and it was really like, I can remember Beckett being hard because he wouldn't take a passy. I don't really remember taking their passies being that. There you go. Deal. Yes. Um, Adeline gave up naps when I took her passy, so I don't want to talk about uh, it. Call, Collier did too. Uh, but Yeah, that is a thing. Yeah. yeah. There well, are lots well, of tricks, though. If you get desperate, Rachel, you just tell me. There are lots of tricks. He has started biting them. Like and oh, yeah. breaking them. I, I'm I'm really we um I'm going on a mom vacation and leaving oh. the children home in March. So I'm not gonna cross that bridge till after that because I don't know. Yeah. My husband you want Brent to survive yeah, it. My husband yeah. may never keep That's the nice kids. Yeah, you want to come back to your surviving fatherhood. Home. Yeah, y'all. Lawson is insane. Last night he woke up at mm, about one thirty. Gets climbs out of his bed, comes in my room, gets nose to nose with me, and says, "Mommy, mommy, I hungry." Oh my! What in the? And he was wide awake at two a.m. snacking on a granola bar, like just like it was the best time of his life. He woke up the whole house giggling and laughing. And then Adeline this morning was like, "Wasn't that fun when we had a party in the middle of the night?" And I'm like, "You hush! That was my worst night ever." (laughs) It was nothing, nothing but terrible. It was horrible. He giggled and entertained us the whole time. And so it really ended up being pretty funny. But so it was one of those where I kind of ended up not sweating the small stuff. But in the beginning, 
But when he was in my face saying he was hungry and I'm like, you should have eaten your dinner. That's what I know. You're like, <laughs> that's what my first inclination was like, Adam. I'm like, well, I guess you wish you would have eaten all your dinner tonight. So go back to bed. You know? And yeah, y'all are better than me not sweating the small stuff. Because when my kids wake up, I'm like, this is not small to me, which yeah. I, I get it. Perspective. Like, you know, I'm not saying yeah. I, I want We're it to We're still working on Chris's perspective. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Things happen, spiral into big deals pretty quickly. It's really (laughs) easy for them too, but you know, it's just really not. It's just, it's all really small stuff. This whole Mm -hmm. thing. And I I had an, I had a NICU baby, the same one that wouldn't take a passy. So I, you know, I did, I did my 13 days in the NICU. And And you know, that wasn't small. No, It's still not small. So just compare everything to that. that, That's right. It took me, I mean, a solid, even on his first birthday, I was sad that his actual birthday wasn't a happy day. Like I still, a year later, was like, his birthday was just not a good, he got taken away from me. I mean, it was not. Yeah. So it is. It's so hard. It's really hard. I'm over Uh, it now. He's five now and I'm over it. So like, y'all should be glad I did recover, but (laughs) we are. It was a a long pro. Well, everything takes time. And that was a big thing. You know, it really, yeah, it's a huge thing. Your baby, you can let that be big thing. That (laughs) is a big thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, thank you so, so much, Tara, for coming on. We'd love chatting yeah. with you. Yeah. Thank you. It was so fun. And you gave so much great info. Like, I hope. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to read it back, take some notes, and make my husband listen to it so I can be like, yeah. did you did you hear that? <laughs> That's yeah. right. And all of our friends that are having a baby, we can be like, okay, go to episode whatever and listen to this, you know. Get prepped. Yeah, that's right. Get ready. Get out your pen and paper. That's, that's right. right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, go to at Surviving Motherhood Podcast or visit us on our website, survivingmotherhoodpodcast.com. Thanks, everyone, and good luck surviving motherhood. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.